Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Huskies on Tap, a podcast for the Huskies by the Huskies, presented to you by Fatty's Pub and Grill, and brought to you by On Tap Sportsnet. I'm your host Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at bdon300, and you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. Today, we are going to be recapping the Huskies' 34-27 victory over Eastern Illinois here at Husky Stadium tonight. Uh, it wasn't the prettiest game. It wasn't uh, the best game by any stretch of the imagination. But anytime you come out in week one and you find a way to win a football game and you do it without hurt, you know, getting any of your players hurt, you get a lot of different guys' looks. There are bigger problems in the world of football. But the way I look at it is, you know, you don't really want to show too much, especially in week one against an opponent that you know you should beat, right? Like, it was never really – in doubt until that last drive that Eastern Illinois had after the Richardson miss, which like how many times have we been able to sit here after a game and say that John Richardson missed a field goal? Not many. It was a strange kick. It was from the hash. I don't know if that's where Richardson would have liked to kick, but I could be wrong. Maybe he liked that spot and he just wasn't able to execute, but he did have two kicks before that and he'll be back. He's one of the best kickers in the conference. And even if he made the kick, the game still technically wasn't over. But it was a strange game. Uh, If you look at the summary or just kind of the way it was, you know, we kind of had a two-possession lead or more from the middle of the second quarter until all the way down to the end of the fourth quarter. And, yeah, 27 points is not ideal. It was looking great for the defense. The defense only gave up six points in the first half, and then they ended up giving up 21 in the second. But it was little things. It, you know, Coach Hammock talked about it in the press conference after the game. It was missed coverages or missed assignments and stuff that you kind of expect to happen in week one. And luckily, you know, these mistakes happened against Eastern Illinois, and now they have these mistakes recorded and they're on film, and they can work them out in practice before we get to Tulsa next week. So there are a lot worse things that could have happened tonight, and the way I look at it is, you know, one, everybody gets back on the bus the same way they got off the bus, even though it was an away game, or even though it was a home game. I like using that analogy. And, you know, the running backs look great. The, you know, the defense looked great. When Rocky was throwing the ball, Thornton and, and Tucker looked great. Liam Sorahan, my fucking guy. I'm sorry for swearing, but y'all know Liam is, my, you know, that's that's my homie, man. That's my friend, podcast, co-host, whatever you want to call it, man. Me and Liam are tight. And for me to be up in the press box in a tight situation where I couldn't cheer, it was tough for me. But, you know, I, I let off like a nice little Tiger Woods fist pump and, I was really happy to see Liam get his first career touchdown because I know how hard that work that guy works and he's got, he's going to have a good season. I, now that we got one out the way, let's set the, let's set the president, Liam. I know you'll probably hear this at some point or someone will send you this, but I want five touchdowns from you. And even if you can get more, dude, the more the merrier, I'm not going to, I'm not going to put a salary cap on your touchdowns, but, uh, Seeing you get one in week one meant a lot, you know, as as a friend of yours to see you go out there and take care of business. You bring guys back on the team. You bring back Dave Vern Rainier, another guy that went out there and absolutely emptied the bucket. The guy had 14 total tackles in his first game back from injury. 14. He was all over the field, looked great sideline to sideline. His speed still looks there. He was hitting people hard, and he really made a difference on that defense. 
talked about Kyle Pugh a lot. Uh, we talked to Kyle Pugh in the pregame, you know, obviously with the interview. Kyle Pugh ends up finishing the game with seven tackles. Jaden Dolphin finishes the game with nine. And you get eight from C.J. Brown, who, I mean, we all remember how heartbroken we were when Devin Lafayette got hurt last year and got hurt last year, and we didn't know what we were going to have at the safety position. And C.J. Brown answered the call. I did see Devin play today, but not on the defense. He was a staple on special teams. And, you know, wherever Devin can fit in, I want him to fit in because I think Devin is still a quality defender and has a spot on that defense when the time is right. Defensive line, no surprise. The first sack of the season came from James Esser. Him and Ray Thomas split the first sack uh, because they both kind of got home at the same time. And the defensive line, well, they didn't get as many sacks as you would have liked in a game like this. They kept constant pressure. And there was many times where they were a literal hair away from getting the quarterback. And then, the, you know, O'Shea gets it out of there and they end up getting like 20 yards. If there's one thing that I can kind of nitpick with the defense that, I mean, I feel like isn't too, too out of bounds to say is they need to find a better ability to get off the field on third down. Cause you could tell as Eastern kept stacking third downs on drives that the defense was getting tired. And, you know, they're only hurting themselves by not getting off the field there on third down. Uh, my guy, Nick Bertine, who I did catch up with after the game, had four tackles as well. So we're going to be adding four inches to his neck roll uh, for next week. And then, two, uh, I got to meet his, I got to meet his family. His brother's playing here now. So that that is a guy that, you know, when Kyle Pugh leaves, the Routine family will be up for uh, Mr. NIU in my eyes. But you got a good game from Jordan Gandy. Jordan Gandy, four tackles, three solos. Um, looked good in, in – in uh, coverage, there was one pass interference that I really didn't like that they ended up giving him, a, and it is what it is. But I think between the receiver and between Gandy, they both have a right to the football. They were both kind of hand jockeying. And and if I'm being honest, from the way I looked at it, uh, the receiver seemed to be the aggressor, but Jordan's the one that ends up getting called for it. So I don't know how that really works out. But overall, if I had to give – the team of performance based on like a letter grade, I would say a C plus, like you're never going to, you're never going to get me on this show after a win and, and be like super pissed off. Like you got to remember, this is a show that endured the Owen six season and we were still trying to, to paint roses with it. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, the expectations are higher. Yes. This is a team that uh I think we were favored by five touchdowns and you only win by one touchdown. You don't even score five touchdowns in the game, which that goes to show you that, you know, Vegas lines and shit like that are all crapshoot at the beginning of the season. But the way I look at it is from an offensive standpoint, we really just were, were trying to get the running game going early because when I sat there and looked at the stats at the half, Rocky only had six pass attempts. He ends up finishing the game with a 151 QBR, which is phenomenal, a 63% completion percentage, 192 yards and one touchdown. He had 14 completions for 22 yards. So he threw the ball 16 times in the second half. And I I guess I, I was being a jag off by saying like, yeah, hey, Rocky's probably going to throw for 300 yards this game. I sat back and talked to Ethan about it after the game. I go – 
I said it on the pod, like I wanted 303 from him. This is, this is a longstanding uh, request from our quarterbacks as Ethan used to be on the show. We'd always call for 303. We used to do it on our Notre Dame show too, but it never really looked like the game plan was designed for Rocky to just let it rip. And honestly, I don't hate it at all because most teams know when we come to town, we're going to run the football. And most times when we do come to town, we are going to do just that. But the one thing that really separated us from the rest of the Mac last year was when they let Rocky, you know, let a rip, when they let him go out there and throw the ball 30, 35 times a game. And on 22 attempts to have almost 200 yards and a touchdown. And then two, if you look at the, uh, the distribution chart, Thornton had six, Tucker had four, Liam had one and a touchdown. George Gums gets his first career catch for 13 yards. Miles had one for 11, and Whaley had one for seven. So you get one, two, three, four, five. You get six different people involved, and the running game goes about 186 yards. And you know what's crazy, too? Rocky only having 22 attempts, he he had one rushing attempt, and that was it. And – you know, Rocky's a good runner. Rocky's a fast guy. He's a talented runner. He can run you over too. But I think for the most part, just by if you didn't watch the game and you looked at the box score only, this was a game designed to get everyone else going. But I would have liked to see a little bit more uh, attempts or I guess you would say design plays to kind of get Rocky into a rhythm just like everybody else going into next week. But I still think he did what he needed to do in the second half. Uh, he was fortunate uh, to get out of the game with no turnovers because there was a couple plays where Eastern Illinois players made nice beats on the ball and weren't able to make a play on it. And then, too, that brings me to another point. Jordan Gandy had a pass uh, right there, I want to say right before halftime, that he kind of doubted himself and in doubting himself allowed the catch. But I think if Jordan just kind of stuck with it and, and sold out, right. Cause as a corner, sometimes you got to gamble. Sometimes you got to try and jump around. And if you don't get it, you know, you know what the result is. If you jump around and don't get to pick a lot of times that guy's going for six, but they were already in the red zone. So I, I feel like if that situation arises for Jordan again, later in the season, I, I don't see him hesitating. And, and I do see, him grabbing that pick and running down the sideline. And it would have been great too, because, you know, he would have caught it on the Eastern sideline and, and cribbed him in front of everybody on their team. And that would have totally changed the outcome, not the outcome of the game, but maybe the way the game turned out in the second half, if you understand what I'm saying. Cause at half, it was 21 to six, two possession game. Doesn't matter which way you look at it from our perspective. Eastern had a feeling that they were still in the game and they ended up, you know, they ended up outscoring us in the second half. They ended up beating us 21 to 13 because in the fourth quarter, we were not able to finish those drives and we got two field goals from Richardson. And then obviously you had the miss. So max points could have been, well, max points is a dumb thing to say, but we probably could have gotten close to 50 or maybe above 40, but we end up settling at 34, which not the end of the world. I mean, there's way worse things in football than not being able to score 34 points. But I think the thing that the fan base and that, you know, obviously I saw people on Twitter reacting like, oh my God, like 
you shouldn't only be beating this team by seven, this, that, and the third. And I, I understand that, but it's week one. Weirder things have happened in week one. We saw so many upsets throughout the years in week one. It's the most vulnerable week in any level of football, high school, arena, the USFL, the NFL, college, the CFL, whichever way you look at it, because you know what? There is this, there is truth in this statement for the first time tonight, that group of 55 guys put the help, put the helmet on together and played together as that group of 55, you know, obviously a lot of those guys have played together. A lot of those guys have practiced together, all that stuff. But for that specific unit, for this year's team, the 2022 team, that was the first opportunity out of 12, as they always talk about. You only get 12 opportunities every year to go out and prove yourself. Wasn't the best performance, wasn't the worst performance, but a win is a win. And like Coach always says, as long as you find a way to have one more point than your opponent, that's all that matters at the end of the day. Um, I feel bad for anyone that did bet on us to win by 35 points because, again, we didn't even score 35 points. So it never had a chance, quite literally. And uh, the over did hit for the game. So I was right in a sense that, like, yo, we might drop a 50 burger, but we didn't drop a 50 burger. But I think the over under was 53 and a half and the game finishes at 61 total points. A little disappointed that uh, the defense did not hold them to a lesser amount, but coach said it best in the press conference after the game, they were committed to the dink and dunks and they were doing it. Well, if you look at the stats for their quarterback, 25 of 34 for 276. Uh, they had a 100 yard rusher and a 71 yard rusher. Like a lot of those yards came in the second half. So I can't be like too disappointed. But in this game, you wanted to see NIU pull away at some point, right? Like you wanted to see them make it difficult for Eastern Illinois and maybe go up three, four possessions. And Eastern played a good game. Um, I think it's more indicative of the team that Eastern has tonight's performance than it is on us because, yeah, we do have a lot tougher games on the schedule. You got Bandy, you got Kentucky, you got Tulsa next week even, and then obviously Maction's never easy. Those teams are no slouch, and with us being the champs, they're going to want to come in and beat us. You have to just be able to have a short-term memory loss. And for NIU, you have 10 days in between now and when you play Tulsa. And honestly, like, we'll get into the Tulsa preview when the time comes. But I do want to just look ahead and see if they have a line listed to see if we are favorites or if we are underdogs going into that game. Because I'm really interested to see – the rest of the world's view on that game. Yeah, so they have nothing listed. We'll obviously go uh, through that when we get there. They don't even have – oh, yeah, they do have – they have the matchup predictor up, and Tulsa is predicted as a 69.9% chance to win. So, <laughs> yeah, that'll be, a, that'll be fun. We're definitely going to win that game because we only ever – 
win games that we have those type of low percentages to win because everyone counted us out. And honestly, let us be the underdogs. Let us be the team that, you know, when the broadcast crew gets there to call the game, they're perceiving that Tulsa will win. They count us out, all that. That's fine. I think we, we feed better into that narrative of being the hunter than the hunted. And honestly, like, I was just happy to get back out there and watch football. So I guess, you know, for the, for people that are expecting me to be like screaming into a microphone and Darth Vader breathing, cause I'm running out of breath. I, I guess you're not going to get that from me tonight on tonight's show. Like, yeah, it, it was a little frustrating to, to have, to see myself standing in the press box for the last three minutes, just like, uh, hello, like, come on guys, close them out. And, you know, it just felt good to be able to watch the guys get back out there and compete. And I will say coach hammock had an absolutely incredible pullover. The jerseys looked as good as advertised. And I saw that they're going to be doing an auction. So they're going to be auctioning off some of those jerseys uh, as well as making some of that merch available. So some of the new Husky gear will be available through the team store. I'm sure. But that's something that I cannot wait to get my hands on. in the very near future. As far as players of the game go, offensively, this is a tough one. So, like I said, I went over the stats earlier. All three backs scored a touchdown. Liam got a touchdown, which automatically makes him a nominee, especially considering it's his first career touchdown. And just the, the type of play it was, they faked the cameraman out. Caught a touchdown from his roommate, his close friend. Like, that's what college football quite literally is all about. Cole Tucker was Mr. Reliable. I honestly want to say all four of his catches were first downs. So I'm going to have to go back and look at all the tweets that I tweeted about Cole Tucker because I'm pretty sure every single catch of his tonight was a first down. And then, too, don't forget about Shamar Thornton. Uh, I think he's really athletic. He had an incredible diving catch. Great pass in the bucket from Rocky. Only a spot that Shamar could get to it. And it was a thing of beauty. But overall, uh, I think I'm going to have to give it to Harrison. I'm going to give it to Harrison Whaley. I know he didn't get 100 yards. I know he probably wanted to get 100 yards. But he had 14 carries. He averaged 5.9 yards a pop, which is well above where you want your running back to be averaging. And then, you know, Ontario and Mason had 18 carries. So he got if you will, almost 50% of the carries. You know, he was – there was 32 carries. He was two carries away from 50%. So, good performance from him. He was all smiles in the press conference. He said after it just felt really good to get back out there. He said that the outside zones and the inside zones were what was, what was working best for them. And – you know, obviously, when you have an offensive line that consists of, you know, Lippy, Shernitz, Nolan Potter, and uh, Pete Niagara and all those guys, it's uh, it's always going to be fun following those guys to the point of attack. And they played pretty well today. It was a pretty clean game. I don't think there was overall too many penalties. But, yeah, so – just looking at the regular box score, penalty-wise, it's not even out here. I'm such a dork. I've been going to these for three years, and I can't find the penalties on here. 
Yeah, I don't know. I'm terrible. Fire me now. Oh, there we go. Penalties. Seven for 73. So, not awful. Uh, time of possession. Coach Hammock did mention in the press conference after he, it, it's not too often that I only have 29 minutes time of possession. So, for those of you that don't know, that's 34 seconds shy of half the game. So, expect Coach Hammock to put together a master class in playing keep away from Tulsa next week. I would expect at least 35 plus minutes time of possession. Um, and then two on the defensive side of the ball. Talk about Eric Rogers. Talk about a guy that comes back from injury and snags two interceptions in his first game back. So on the defensive side of the ball, I'll go tandem because it's two Honestly, all three of my players at the game are all guys that came back from injury. So, it, you can do the rest of the math on that. On the defensive side of the ball, it'll be dual. It'll be a dual player of the game. It'll be Dave Vern Rainier with 14 tackles. Uh, I think it goes without being said to come back from the type of injury that he had last year and to get 14 tackles in your first game. I think 10 of which were solo tackles. Let me double check on that. Yeah. Oh, no. So four were solo, 10 were assisted, but that doesn't matter. 14 tackles means he was getting a hat to the point of attack and a hat on the ball at all times. And then the second player of the game is, no surprise, Eric Rodgers. Two turnovers. Honestly, one of them was in plus territory, and one of them prevented points from being put on the board. So two very timely interceptions. One took points off the board, and one put points on the board for us. Can't get any better than that, especially coming back your first game back from injury. And then on special teams, uh, my MVP for special teams, I'll have to go with – I'm going with John Richardson. I know he's going to beat himself up because he is a perfectionist about missing the 43-yarder, and especially if we like lost the game where they were able to tie it up, like he would have been really hard on himself about it because I know he wants to make every single kick that he goes out there and make or that he goes out there and takes, but he's a great kicker. I trust him in damn near every situation. Uh, on the field as far as yardage and then every situation in the game he's proved time and time again that he can be a clutch uh, kicker in this league and we're going to need John Richardson for the run so the Iceman will be back starts the season out two for three add six points to the total hey you can look at it like this if he doesn't make his two kicks we only win by one point and then I got to hear in the press conference <laughs> Uh, we found a way to have one more point than the others because that uh, sometimes Coach Hammock likes to you know poke fun at us because you know we poke fun back at him in in a sense where it's like well you found a way to do it again you you, you won by one point because that's what our special was last year finding a way to win those one possession games first game of the season ends up being one possession game maybe come Tulsa we'll find a way to to have a little bit more comfortable wins but. At the end of the day, a win is a win. We are 1-0, and we are on to Tulsa. We'll be back with you guys, uh, I would say probably midweek next week because this you'll be, you'll, you know, you'll be hearing this a Friday morning. We'll say maybe Wednesday or Thursday for Tulsa week, and we'll try to lock in a day guarantee that all the pregames will be because for the most part, Post games always get released uh, the morning after a game. So usually just end up recording it right after the game and then just kind of lock in myself in my room until it's edited to make sure that it is up in the morning and posted. Usually I do the tweet by about 9.30, 10 a.m. So it was really great to uh, to see everybody, all, all parties involved. I 
you know, saw people from other publications. I saw obviously some of the guys out there, uh, some of the girls as well. <laughs> Can't forget about the girls as well, but it was just good to get back out to the stadium and yeah, even though I graduated, I'm still here and I still live in DeKalb. So it, it only made sense to continue covering the show in the manner that I did, where I'm able to go to the press conferences. I'm able to give you guys some written work and I'm able to give you guys the interviews that you want to hear so that you can get to know your NIU Huskies better. But we'll be back with you guys midweek next week. Look forward to getting into this Tulsa matchup, especially considering how this week went. It's a very polarizing result, especially for the rest of the MAC. And if you look across the MAC, they didn't do well tonight. Well, I shouldn't say that. Central Michigan, their score is a little misleading. They were able to come back and only lose by two touchdowns uh, to Oklahoma State at Oklahoma State. So I thought that was great to see uh, them put up that type of performance and at least put on for the MAC. Ball State, not so much. They lost 59-10 to to, uh, Tennessee in Knoxville. And then Tulsa – or not Tulsa, Toledo – Toledo won, uh, I believe, 30 or 37 to nothing against Long Island University, which is now where Michael Love transferred to. So hopefully we can see uh, some Michael Love highlight reels over there at Long Island. And then, two, if you haven't already, uh, go to Dylan Thomas's Twitter or his Instagram page, and he laid a Jadavion Clowney-level hit uh, in his first game for Missouri State. So – that was cool to see as Dylan, we, you know, Dylan's a great friend of the program and we always root for guys even after they transfer because, you know, sometimes transferring is the best option for the player and to see Dylan out there absolutely decapitate someone uh, on the purple field at Central Arkansas was cool to see. But like I said, our Huskies find a way to win the first football game of the season on a Thursday night, 34-27 in front of a really rowdy crowd. Honestly, it was uh, great to see as many students and as many alumni and just fans in general. But the listed attendance was 10,864. So a little under half, but those that were there were heard and they made it difficult on Eastern Illinois. They burned almost, they burned all three of their timeouts with seven minutes left in the first half. And the fans can be thanked for that because they made it very loud in there. It was a proud day to be a Husky. Uh, fireworks guy didn't have as much work as I thought he would. And Mission didn't get to do as many uh, runs through the end zone as I thought they would as well. But it is what it is. We're 1-0. We're on to Tulsa. We'll be back with you guys next week. And don't forget, on the other side of the Tulsa game, we'll have our first live show. So we're getting all the kinks worked out, getting all the players worked out for this upcoming season we'll keep you guys posted with all that we'll be back to you guys next week we really do appreciate you for tuning into this episode of huskies on tap we'll be back midweek next week we got nothing else for you guys and go huskies yeah i got drink on living left in the kitchen whipping magic i got drink on living left in the kitchen with magic we got London on the track I ain't asked now for nothing I took the heart away Toya put me over, coming with the They took my heart away Heart away Heart away Heart away Jumping in heart